Paper 28, Ministering Spirits of the Super-Universes As the Supernifim are the angelic hosts of the central universe and the Seraphim of the local universes, so are the Zikonifim the ministering spirits of the super-universes. In degree of divinity and in potential of supremacy, however, these children of the reflective spirits are much more like supernifim than seraphim. They do not serve alone in the supercreations, and the transactions sponsored by their unrevealed associates are both numerous and intriguing. As presented in these narratives, the ministering spirits of the super-universes embrace the following three orders. One, the Sikonifim, two, the Tertiafim, and three, the Omniafim. Since the latter two orders are not so directly concerned with the ascendant scheme of mortal progression, they will be briefly discussed prior to the more extended consideration of Sikonifim. Technically, neither Tertiafim nor Omniafim are ministering spirits of the super-universes, though both serve as spirit ministers in these domains. Section 1. The Tertiafim. These high angels are of record on the super-universe headquarters, and despite service in the local creations, technically they are residents of these super-universe capitals inasmuch as they are not native to the local universes. Tertiafim are children of the infinite mind and are personalized on paradise in groups of 1,000. These supernal beings of divine originality and near-supreme versatility are the gift of the infinite mind to the Creator Michaels. When a Creator Michael is detached from the parental regime of paradise and is made ready to go forth on the universe adventure of space, the infinite mind is delivered of a group of 1,000 of these companion spirits. And these majestic Tertiafim accompany this Creator Michael when embarking upon the adventure of universe organization. Throughout the early times of universe building, these 1,000 Tertiafim are the only personal staff of a Creator Michael. They acquire a mighty experience as assistants during these stirring ages of universe assembling and other astronomical manipulations. They serve by the side of the Creator Michael until the day of the personalization of the bright and morning star, the firstborn of a local universe. Thereupon the formal resignations of the Tertiafim are tendered and accepted, and with the appearance of the initial orders of native angelic life, they retire from active service in the local universe and become the liaison ministers between the creator Michael of former attachment and the ancients of days of the super-universe concerned. Section 2. The Omniafim Omniafim are created by the infinite mind in liaison with the seven supreme executives, and they are the exclusive servants and messengers of these same supreme executives. 
Omniafim are of grand universe assignment, and in Orvantan, their core maintains headquarters in the northerly parts of Uversa, where they reside as a special courtesy colony. They are not of registry on Uversa, nor are they attached to our administration. Neither are they directly concerned with the ascendant scheme of mortal progression. The Omniafim are wholly occupied with the oversight of the super-universes in the interests of administrative coordination from the viewpoint of the seven supreme executives. Our colony of Omniafim on Uversa receives instructions from and makes reports to only the supreme executive of Orvantan, situated on conjoint executive sphere number seven in the outer ring of paradise satellites. Section three, the Sakonifim. The Sakharafic hosts are produced by the seven reflective spirits assigned to the headquarters of each super-universe. There is a definite paradise responsive technique associated with the creation of these angels in groups of seven. In each seven, there are always one primary, three secondary, and three tertiary sakonifim. They always personalize in this exact proportion. When seven such sakonifim are created, one, the primary, becomes attached to the service of the Ancients of Days. The three secondary angels are associated with three groups of Paradise Origin Administrators in the super-governments, the Divine Counselors, the Perfectors of Wisdom, and the Universal Censors. The three tertiary angels are attached to the ascendant, trinitized associates of the super-universe rulers, the mighty messengers, those high in authority, and those without name and number. These Sakonifim of the super-universes are the offspring of the reflective spirits, and therefore reflectivity is inherent in their nature. They are reflectively responsive to all of each phase of every creature of origin in the third source and center and the paradise creator Michael's but they are not directly reflective of the beings and entities, personal or otherwise, of soul origin in the first source and center. We possess much evidence of the actuality of the universal intelligence circuits of the infinite mind, but even if we had no other proof, the reflective performances of the Sikonifim would be quite sufficient to demonstrate the reality of the universal presence of the infinite mind of the conjoint actor. Section 4. The Primary Sikonifim The primary Sikonifim of assignment to the Ancients of Days are living mirrors in the service of these triune rulers, Think what it means in the economy of a super-universe to be able to turn, as it were, to a living mirror and there to see and to hear the certain responses of another being a thousand or a hundred thousand light-years distant and to do all 
this instantly and unerringly. Records are essential to the conduct of the universes. Broadcasts are serviceable. The work of the solitary and other messengers is very helpful. But the ancients of days, from their position midway between the inhabited worlds and paradise, between mortals and the Creator, can instantly look both ways, hear both ways, and know both ways. This ability to hear and see, as it were, all things, can be perfectly realized in the super-universes only by the ancients of days and only on their respective headquarters worlds. Even there, limits are encountered. From Uversa, such communication is limited to the worlds and universes of Orvantan. And while inoperative between the super-universes, this same reflective technique keeps each one of them in close touch with the central universe and with paradise. The seven super-governments, though individually segregated, are thus perfectly reflective of the authority above and are wholly sympathetic as well as perfectly conversant with the needs below. The primary Sikonophim are found to incline by inherent nature towards seven types of service, and it is befitting that the first serials of this order should be endowed as to inherently interpret the infinite mind to the ancients of days. 1. The Voice of the Conjoint Actor In each super-universe, the first primary Sikonophim and every seventh one of that order, subsequently created, exhibit a high order of adaptability for understanding and interpreting the infinite mind to the ancients of days and their associates in the super-governments. This is of great value on the headquarters of the super-universes, for... Unlike the local creations with their divine ministers, the seat of a supergovernment does not have a specialized personalization of the infinite mind. Hence, these sycoraphic voices come the nearest to being the personal representatives of the third source and center on such a capital sphere. True, the seven reflective spirits are there, but these parents of the Sekharaphic hosts are less truly and automatically reflective of the conjoint actor than of the seven master spirits. 2. The Voice of the Seven Master Spirits The second primary Sikonophim and every seventh one created thereafter incline towards portraying the collective natures and reactions of the seven master spirits. Though each master spirit is already represented on a super-universe capital by some one of the seven reflective spirits of assignment, such representation is individual, not collective. Collectively, they are only reflectively present. Therefore, the master spirits welcome the services of these highly personal angels, the second serials of the primary Sikonophim, who are so competent to represent them before the ancients of days. 3. The Voice of the Creator Michaels 
The infinite mind must have had something to do with the creation or training of the paradise beings of the order of Michael, for the third primary Sikonathim and every seventh serial thereafter possess the remarkable gift of being reflective of the minds of these creator Michaels. If the ancients of days would like to know, really know, the attitude of Michael of Nebadon regarding some matter under consideration, they do not have to call on the lines of space. They need only call for the chief of Nebadon voices, who, upon request, will present the Michael Sikonathim of record, and right then and there, the ancients of days will perceive the voice of the master creator of Nebadon. No other order of being is thus reflectable. We do not fully understand just how this is accomplished, and I doubt very much that the creator Michaels themselves fully understand it. But of a certainty we know it works, and that it unfailingly works acceptably we also know. For in all the history of Uversa, the Sekharaphic voices have never erred in their presentations. You are beginning to see something of the manner in which divinity encompasses the space of time and masters the time of space. You are obtaining one of your first fleeting glimpses of the technique of the eternity cycle, divergent for the moment to assist the children of time in their tasks of mastering the difficult handicaps of space. And these phenomena are additional to the established universe technique of the reflective spirits. Though apparently deprived of the personal presence of the master spirits above and of the creator Michaels below, the ancients of days have at their command living beings attuned to cosmic mechanisms of reflective perfection and ultimate precision, whereby they may enjoy the reflective presence of all those exalted beings whose personal presence is denied them. By and through these means, and others unknown to you, the Universal Creator is potentially present on the headquarters of the super-universes. The ancients of days perfectly deduce the Creator's will by equating the infinite mind voice flash from above and the Michael voice flashes from below. Thus they may be unerringly certain in calculating the Creator's will concerning the administrative affairs of the local universes. But to deduce the will of one of the deities from a knowledge of the other two, the three ancients of days must act together. Two would not be able to achieve the answer. And for this reason, even if there were no others, the super-universes are always presided over by three ancients of days, and not by one or even two. 4. The Voice of the Angelic Hosts The fourth primary Sikonathim and every seventh serial prove to be angels peculiarly responsive to the sentiments of all orders of angels, including the Supernathim above and the Seraphim below. 
Thus, the attitude of any commanding or supervising angel is immediately available for consideration at any council of the ancients of days. Never a day passes on your world that the chief of seraphim on Urantia is not made conscious of the phenomenon of reflective transference, of being drawn upon from Uversa for some purpose. But unless forewarned by a solitary messenger, the chief of seraphim remains wholly ignorant of what is being sought and of how it is secured. These ministering spirits of time are constantly furnishing this sort of unconscious and certainly, therefore, unprejudiced testimony concerning the endless array of matters engaging the attention and counsel of the ancients of days and their associates. 5. Broadcast Receivers There is a special class of broadcast messages which are received only by these primary Sikonophim. While they are not the regular broadcasters of Uversa, they work in liaison with the angels of the reflective voices for the purpose of synchronizing the reflective vision of the ancients of days with certain actual messages coming in over the established circuits of universe communication. Broadcast receivers are the fifth serials, the fifth primary Sikonophim to be created, and every seventh one thereafter. 6. Transport Personalities These are the Sikonophim who carry the pilgrims of time from the headquarters worlds of the super-universes to the outer circle of Havona. They are the transport core of the super-universes, operating inward to paradise and outward to the worlds of their respective sectors. This core is composed of the sixth primary Sikonophim and every seventh one subsequently created. 7. The Reserve Corps A very large group of Sikonophim, the seventh primary serials, are held in reserve for the unclassified duties and the emergency assignments of the realms. Not being highly specialized, they can function fairly well in any of the capacities of their diverse associates, but such specialized work is undertaken only in emergencies. Their usual tasks are the performance of those generalized duties of a super-universe which do not fall within the scope of the angels of specific assignment. Section 5. The Secondary Sikonophim Sikonophim of the secondary order are no less reflective than their primary fellows. Being classed as primary, secondary, and tertiary does not indicate a differential of status or function in the case of Sikonophim. It merely denotes orders of procedure. Identical qualities are exhibited by all three groups in their activities. The seven reflective types of secondary Sikonophim are assigned to the services of the coordinate Trinity Origin Associates of the Ancients of Days as follows. To the Perfectors of Wisdom, the Voices of Wisdom, the Souls of Philosophy, and the Unions of Souls. To the Divine Counselors, 
the hearts of counsel, the joys of existence, and the satisfactions of service, to the universal censors, the discerners of spirits. Like the primary order, this group is created serially, that is, the firstborn was a voice of wisdom, and the seventh thereafter was similar, and so with the six other types of these reflective angels. 1. The Voice of Wisdom Certain of these Sikonophim are in perpetual liaison with the living libraries of paradise, the custodians of knowledge belonging to the primary supernophim. In specialized reflective service, the voices of wisdom are living, current, replete, and thoroughly reliable concentrations and focalizations of the coordinated wisdom of the universe of universes. To the practically infinite volume of information circulating on the master circuits of the super-universes, these superb beings are so reflective and selective, so sensitive, as to be able to segregate and receive the essence of wisdom and unerringly transmit these jewels of mentation to their superiors, the perfectors of wisdom. And they function so that the perfectors of wisdom not only hear the actual and original expressions of this wisdom, but also reflectively see the very beings of high or lowly origin who gave voice to it. On Uversa, when it becomes necessary to arrive at the decisions of wisdom in the perplexing situations of the complex affairs of the super-universe government, when both the wisdom of perfection and of practicability must be forthcoming, then the perfectors of wisdom summon a battery of the voices of wisdom and, by the consummate skill of their order, attune and directionize these living receivers of the end-minded and circulating wisdom of the universe of universes, so that presently from these saccharaphic voices there ensues a stream of the wisdom of divinity from the universe above and a flood of the wisdom of practicality from the higher minds of the universes below. If confusion arises regarding the harmonization of these two versions of wisdom, immediate appeal is made to the divine counselors, who then rule as to the proper combination of procedures. If there is any doubt as to the authenticity of something coming in from realms where rebellion has been rife, appeal is made to the censors, who, with their discerners of spirits, are able to rule immediately as to, quote, what manner of spirit, end quote, actuated the advisor. In this way, the wisdom of the ages and the intellect of the moment are ever present with the ancients of days, like an open book before their beneficent gaze. You can just faintly comprehend what all this means to those who are responsible for the conduct of the super-universe governments. The immensity and the comprehensiveness of these transactions are quite beyond finite conception. When you stand, as I repeatedly have, in the special receiving chambers of the Temple of Wisdom on Uversa, 
and see all this in actual operation, you will be moved to adoration by the perfection of the complexity and by the surety of the working of the interplanetary communications of the universes. You will pay homage to the divine wisdom and goodness of the deities who plan and execute with such superb technique. And these things actually happen just as I have portrayed them. 2. The Soul of Philosophy These wonderful teachers are also attached to the perfectors of wisdom and, when not otherwise directionized, remain in focal synchrony with the masters of philosophy on paradise. Think of stepping up to a huge living mirror, as it were. But instead of beholding the likeness of your finite and material self, of perceiving a reflection of the wisdom of divinity and the philosophy of paradise. And if it becomes desirable to, quote, incarnate, end quote, this philosophy of perfection, to dilute it so as to make it practical of application to and assimilation by the lowly peoples of the lower worlds, these living mirrors have only to turn their faces downward to reflect the standards and needs of another world or universe. By these very techniques do the perfectors of wisdom adapt decisions and recommendations to the real needs and actual status of the peoples and worlds under consideration. And they always act in concert with the divine counselors and the universal censors. But the sublime repleteness of these transactions is beyond even my ability to comprehend. 3. The Union of Souls These reflectors of the ideals and status of ethical relationships complete the triune staff of attachment to the perfectors of wisdom. Of all the problems in the universe requiring an exercise of the consummate wisdom of experience and adaptability, None are more important than those arising out of the relationships and associations of intelligent beings. Whether in human associations of commerce and trade, friendship and marriage, or in the liaisons of the angelic hosts, petty frictions, minor misunderstandings too trivial to engage the attention of conciliators, but sufficiently irritating and disturbing to mar the smooth working of the universe if they were allowed to multiply, continue to arise. Therefore, the perfectors of wisdom make available the wise experience of their order as the, quote, oil of reconciliation, end quote, for an entire super-universe. In all this work, these wise beings of the super-universes are ably seconded by their reflective associates, the unions of souls, who make available current information regarding the status of the universe and concurrently portray the paradise ideal of the best adjustment of these perplexing problems. When not specifically directionized elsewhere, these Sikhanifim remain in reflective liaison with the interpreters of ethics on paradise. These are the angels who foster and promote the teamwork of all Orvantan. One of the most important lessons to be learned during your mortal career is teamwork. 
The spheres of perfection are occupied by those who have mastered this art of working with other beings. The duties in the universe for the lone servant are few. The higher you ascend, the more lonely you become when temporarily without your associates. 4. The Heart of Counsel This is the first group of these reflective geniuses to be placed under the supervision of the divine counselors. Sakonathim of this type are in possession of the facts of space being selective for such data in the circuits of time. They are especially reflective of the superraphic intelligence coordinators, but they are also selectively reflective of the counsel of all beings, whether of high or low estate. Whenever the divine counselors are called upon for important advice or decisions, they immediately requisition an ensemble of the hearts of counsel, and presently a ruling is handed down which actually incorporates the coordinated wisdom and advice of the most competent minds of the entire super-universe, all of which has been censored and revised in the light of the counsel of the high minds of Havona and even of paradise. 5. The Joy of Existence By nature, these beings are reflectively attuned to the superraphic harmony supervisors above and to certain of the seraphim below. But it is difficult to explain just what the members of this interesting group really do. Their principal activities are directed toward promoting reactions of joy among the various orders of the angelic hosts and the lower will creatures. The divine counselors to whom they are attached seldom use them for specific joy finding. In a more general manner, and in collaboration with the reversion directors, they function as joy clearing houses, seeking to upstep the pleasure reactions of the realms while trying to improve the humor taste to develop a superhumor among mortals and angels. They endeavor to demonstrate that there is inherent joy in free will existence, independent of all extraneous influences. And they are right, although they meet with great difficulty in inculcating this truth in the minds of primitive mortals. The higher spirit personalities and the angels are more quickly responsive to these educational efforts. 6. The Satisfaction of Service These angels are highly reflective of the attitude of the directors of conduct on paradise, and functioning much as do the joys of existence, they strive to enhance the value of service and to augment the satisfactions to be derived from it. They have done much to illuminate the deferred rewards inherent in unselfish service, service for the extension of truth. The divine counselors to whom this order is attached utilize them to reflect the benefits to be derived from spiritual service from one world to another, and by using the performances of the best to inspire and encourage the mediocre, these Sakonifim contribute immensely to the quality of devoted service in the super-universes. 
Effective use is made of the competitive spirit by circulating to any one world information about what the others, particularly the best, are doing. A refreshing and wholesome rivalry is promoted even among the seraphic hosts. 7. The Discerner of Spirits A special liaison exists between the counselors and advisors of the second Havona Circle and these reflective angels. They are the only Sikonophim attached to the universal censors, but are probably the most uniquely specialized of all their associates. Regardless of the source or channel of information, no matter how meager the evidence at hand, when it is subjected to their reflective scrutiny, these discerners will inform us as to the true motive, the actual purpose, and the real nature of its origin. I marvel at the superb functioning of these angels who so unerringly reflect the actual moral and spiritual character of any individual concerned in a focal exposure. The discerners of spirits carry on these intricate services by virtue of inherent, quote, spiritual insight, end quote. If I may use such words in an endeavor to convey to the human mind the thought that these reflective angels function intuitively, inherently, and unerringly. When the universal sensors behold these presentations, they are in contact with the naked soul of the reflected individual. And this very certainty and perfection of portraiture explains in part why the censors can always function so justly as righteous judges. The discerners always accompany the censors on any mission away from Uversa, and they are just as effective out in the universes as at their Uversa headquarters. I assure you that all these transactions of the spirit world are real, that they take place in accordance with established usages and in harmony with the immutable laws of the universal domains. The beings of every newly created order, immediately upon receiving the breath of life, are instantly reflected on high. A living portrayal of the creature nature and potential is flashed to the super-universe headquarters. Thus, by means of the discerners, the censors are made fully cognizant of exactly, quote, what manner of spirit, end quote, has been born on the worlds of space. So it is with mortals. The creative spirit of Salvington knows you fully, and whatever the divine spirit knows of you is immediately available whenever the sacraphic discerners reflect the spirit's knowledge of you. It should, however, be mentioned that the knowledge and plans of the universal creator's fragments are not reflectable. The discerners can and do reflect the presence of the adjusters, parentheses, and the censors pronounce them divine, and parentheses, but they cannot decipher the content of the mindedness of the mystery monitors. Section 6. The Tertiary Siconophim in the same manner as their associates, these angels are created serially and in seven reflective types, 
but these types are not assigned individually to the separate services of the super-universe administrators. All tertiary Sikonifim are collectively assigned to the trinitized spirits of attainment, and these ascendant beings use them interchangeably. That is, the mighty messengers can and do utilize any of the tertiary types, and so do their coordinates, those high in authority and those without name and number. These seven types of tertiary Sikonifim are 1. The Significance of Origins The ascendant trinitized beings of a super-universe government are charged with the responsibility of dealing with all issues growing out of the origin of any individual or world. And the significance of origin is the paramount question in all our plans for the cosmic advancement of the living creatures of the realm. All relationships and the application of ethics grow out of the fundamental facts of origin. Origin is the basis of the relational reaction of the deities. With the higher descendant beings, origin is simply a fact to be ascertained. But with the ascending beings, including the lower orders of angels, the nature and circumstances of origin are not always so clear, though of equally vital importance at almost every turn of universe affairs. Hence the value of having at our disposal a series of reflective Sikonifim who can instantly portray anything required respecting the genesis of any being in either the central universe or throughout the entire realm of a super-universe. The significances of origins are the living, ready-reference genealogies of the vast hosts of beings, mortals, angels, and others, who inhabit the seven super-universes. They are always ready to supply their superiors with an up-to-date, replete, and trustworthy estimate of the ancestral factors and the current actual status of any individual on any world of their respective super-universes, and their computation of possessed facts is always up to the minute. 2. The Memory of Mercy These are the actual, full, and replete living records of the mercy which has been extended to individuals by the tender ministrations of the instrumentalities of the infinite mind in the mission of adapting the justice of righteousness to the status of the realms as disclosed by the portrayals of the significance of origins. The memory of mercy discloses the moral debt of the children of mercy, their spiritual liabilities, to be set down against their assets of the saving provision established by the children of the Creator. In revealing the Creator's pre-existent mercy, the children of the Creator establish the necessary credit to ensure the survival of all. And then, in accordance with the findings of the significance of origins, a mercy credit is established for the survival of each rational creature, a credit of lavish proportions, and one of sufficient grace 
to ensure the survival of every soul who really desires divine citizenship. The memory of mercy is a living trial balance, a current statement of your account with the supernatural forces of the realms. These are the living records of mercy ministration, which are read into the testimony of the courts of Uversa when each individual's right to unending life comes up for adjudication, when the ancients of days are gathered. The broadcasts of Uversa issue and come forth from before them. Thousands upon thousands minister to them, and ten thousand times ten thousand stand before them. The judgment is set, and the living records of the tertiary Siconophim of the super-universes are opened. The formal records are on file to corroborate the testimony of the memories of mercy, if they are required. The memory of mercy must show that the saving credit established by the children of the Creator has been fully and faithfully paid out in the loving ministry of the patient personalities of the third source and center. But when mercy is exhausted, when its, quote, memory, end quote, testifies to its depletion, then does justice prevail and righteousness decree. For mercy is not to be thrust upon those who despise it, Mercy is not a gift to be trampled underfoot by the persistent rebels of time. Nevertheless, though mercy is precious and dearly bestowed, your individual drawing credits are always far in excess of your ability to exhaust the reserve if you are sincere of purpose and honest of heart. The mercy reflectors with their tertiary associates engage in numerous super-universe ministries, including the teaching of the ascending creatures. Among many other things, the significances of origins teach these ascenders how to apply spirit ethics. And following such training, the memories of mercy teach them how to be truly merciful. While the spirit techniques of mercy ministry are beyond your concept, you should even now understand that mercy is a quality of growth. You should realize that there is a great reward of personal satisfaction in being first just, next fair, then patient, then kind, and then on that foundation if you choose and have it in your heart, you can take the next step and really show mercy. But you cannot exhibit mercy in and of itself. These steps must be traversed. Otherwise, there can be no genuine mercy. There may be patronage, condescension, or charity, even pity, but not mercy. True mercy comes only as the beautiful climax to these preceding adjuncts to group understanding, mutual appreciation, familial association, spiritual communion, and divine harmony. 3. The Import of Time Time is the one universal endowment of all will creatures.
It is a precious gift entrusted to all intelligent beings. You all have time in which to ensure your survival, and time is fatally squandered only when it is buried in neglect, when you fail to utilize it to make certain the survival of your soul. Failure to improve one's time to the fullest extent possible does not impose fatal penalties. It merely retards the pilgrim of time in the journey of ascent. If survival is gained, all other losses can be retrieved. In the assignment of trusts, the counsel of the imports of time is invaluable. Time is a vital factor in everything this side of Havona and Paradise. In the final judgment before the Ancients of Days, time is an element of evidence. The imports of time must always afford testimony to show that every defendant has had ample time for making decisions, achieving choice. These time evaluators are also the secret of prophecy. They portray the element of time which will be required in the completion of any undertaking, and they are just as dependable as indicators as are the Frandalanks and Cronaldecks of other living orders. The deities foresee, hence foreknow, but the ascendant authorities of the universes of time must consult the imports of time to be able to forecast events of the future. You will first encounter these beings on the mansion worlds, and there they will instruct you in the advantageous use of that which you call, quote, time, end quote, both in its positive employment, work, and in its negative utilization, rest. Both uses of time are important. 4. The Solemnity of Trust Trust is the crucial test of will creatures. Trustworthiness is the true measure of self-mastery, character. These Sikonophim accomplish a double purpose in the economy of the super-universes. They portray to all will creatures the sense of the obligation, sacredness, and solemnity of trust. At the same time, they unerringly reflect to the governing authorities the exact trustworthiness of any candidate for confidence or trust. On Urantia, you grotesquely essay to read character and to estimate specific abilities. But on Uversa, we actually do these things in perfection. These Sikonophim weigh trustworthiness in the living scales of unerring character appraisal, and when they have looked at you, we have only to look at them to know the limitations of your ability to discharge responsibility, execute trust, and fulfill missions. Your assets of trustworthiness are clearly set forth alongside your liabilities of possible default or betrayal. It is the plan of your superiors to advance you by augmented trusts just as fast as your character is sufficiently developed to gracefully bear these added responsibilities. But to overload the individual only courts disaster and ensures disappointment. 
and the mistake of placing responsibility prematurely upon either mortal or angel may be avoided by utilizing the ministry of these infallible estimators of the trust capacity of the individuals of time and space. These econophim always accompany those high in authority, and these executives never make assignments until their candidates have been weighed in the sacraphic balances and pronounced, quote, not wanting, end quote. Five, the sanctity of service. The privilege of service immediately follows the discovery of trustworthiness. Nothing can stand between you and opportunity for increased service except your own untrustworthiness, your lack of capacity for appreciation of the solemnity of trust. Service, purposeful service, not slavery, is productive of the highest satisfaction and is expressive of the divinest dignity. Service, more service, increased service, difficult service, adventurous service, and at last divine and perfect service, is the goal of time and the destination of space. But the play cycles of time will always alternate with the service cycles of progress. And after the service of time follows the superservice of eternity. During the play of time, you should envision the work of eternity, even as you will, during the service of eternity, reminisce the play of time. The universal economy is based on intake and output. Throughout the eternal career, you will never encounter monotony of inaction or stagnation of personality. Progress is made possible by inherent motion. Advancement grows out of the divine capacity for action, and achievement is the child of imaginative adventure. But inherent in this capacity for achievement is the responsibility of ethics, the necessity for recognizing that the world and the universe are filled with a multitude of differing types of beings. All of this magnificent creation, including yourself, was not made just for you. This is not an egocentric universe. The real nature of any service, whether it is rendered by mortal or angel, is fully revealed in the faces of these sacraphic service indicators, the sanctities of service. The full analysis of the true and of the hidden motives is clearly shown. These angels are indeed the mind readers, heart searchers, and soul revealers of the universe. Mortals may employ words to conceal their thoughts, but these high sakonophim lay bare the deep motives of the human heart and of the angelic mind. 6 and 7. The Secret of Greatness and the Soul of Goodness the ascending pilgrims having awakened to the import of time, the way is prepared for the realization of the solemnity of trust and for the appreciation of the sanctity of service. While these are the moral elements of greatness, there are also secrets of greatness. When the spiritual tests of greatness are applied, the moral elements are not disregarded, 
but the quality of unselfishness revealed in labor for the welfare of one's earthly associates, particularly worthy beings in need and in distress. That is the real measure of planetary greatness. And the manifestation of greatness on a world like Urantia is the exhibition of self-control. Greatness is synonymous with divinity. The Creator is supremely great and good. Greatness and goodness simply cannot be divorced. They are forever made one in the Creator. This truth is literally and strikingly illustrated by the reflective interdependence of the secret of greatness and the soul of goodness, for neither can function without the other. In reflecting other qualities of divinity, the super-universe Sikhanifim can and do act alone. But the reflective estimates of greatness and of goodness appear to be inseparable. Hence, on any world, in any universe, must these reflectors of greatness and of goodness work together, always showing a dual and mutually dependent report of every being upon whom they focalize. Greatness cannot be estimated without knowing the content of goodness, while goodness cannot be portrayed without exhibiting its inherent and divine greatness. The estimate of greatness varies from sphere to sphere. To be great is to be deity-like. And since the quality of greatness is wholly determined by the content of goodness, it follows that even in your present human estate, if you can, through grace, become good, you are thereby becoming great. The more steadfastly you behold and the more persistently you pursue the concepts of divine goodness, the more certainly will you grow in greatness, in true magnitude of genuine survival character. Section 7. Ministry of the Sikhanifim the Sikhanifim have their origin and headquarters on the capitals of the super-universes, but with their liaison associates they range from the shores of paradise to the evolutionary worlds of space. They serve as valued assistants to the members of the deliberative assemblies of the super-governments and are of great help to the courtesy colonies of Uversa. The star students, millennial tourists, celestial observers, and a host of others, including the ascendant beings in waiting for Havona transport. The Ancients of Days take pleasure in assigning certain of the primary Sikhanifim to assist the ascending creatures domiciled on the 490 study worlds surrounding Uversa. And here also many of the secondary and tertiary orders serve as teachers. These Uversa satellites are the finishing schools of the universes of time, presenting the preparatory course for the seven-circuited University of Havona. Of the three orders of Sikhanifim, the tertiary group attached to the ascendant authorities minister most extensively to the ascending creatures of time. 
you will on occasion meet them soon after your departure from Urantia, though you will not freely make use of their services until you reach the tarrying worlds of Orbantan. You will enjoy their companionship when you become fully acquainted with them during your sojourn on the Uversa school worlds. These tertiary Sikhanifim are the time savers, space abridgers, error detectors, faithful teachers, and everlasting guideposts, living signs of divine surety. In mercy placed at the crossroads of time, there to guide anxious pilgrims in moments of great perplexity and spiritual uncertainty. Long before attaining the portals of perfection, you will begin to gain access to the tools of divinity and to make contact with the techniques of deity. Increasingly, from the time you arrive on the initial mansion world until you close your eyes in the Havona sleep preparatory to your paradise transit, you will avail yourself of the emergency help of these marvelous beings who are so fully and freely reflective of the sure knowledge and certain wisdom of those safe and dependable pilgrims who have preceded you on the long journey to the portals of perfection. We are denied the full privilege of using these angels of the reflective order on Urantia, they are frequent visitors on your world accompanying assigned personalities, but they cannot freely function here. This sphere is still under partial spiritual quarantine, and some of the circuits essential to their services are not here at present. When your world is once more restored to the reflective circuits concerned, much of the work of interplanetary and interuniverse communication will be greatly simplified and expedited. Celestial workers on Urantia encounter many difficulties because of this functional curtailment of their reflective associates. But we go on joyfully conducting our affairs with the instrumentalities at hand, notwithstanding our local deprivation of many of the services of these marvelous beings, the living mirrors of space and the presence projectors of time. This paper had been originally sponsored by a mighty messenger of Uversa.